Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Wedding Photo Podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, this episode is sponsored by IE Photo Rentals. IE Photo Rentals is a rental house located in Pomona, California, and they are serving the Inland Empire, uh, Orange County, Los Angeles, um, and any of the surrounding cities. Uh, IE Photo Rentals has been around for some time now, and they provide uh, rental equipment for photographers and videographers. They have uh, cameras, they have lenses, flashes, they have audio equipment, microphones, recorders, um, they have lights. Uh, they have anything that you need for your next film, for your next uh, photo shoot. They've got it all. Uh, you can go on their website at iephotorentals.com. Check out what they have. And if you mention this podcast, they will save you 10% off of your next rental. So go check them out. Thank you guys for supporting this podcast. Um, I also want to say thank you to Five Fine Technology. Um, they were nice enough to send me a microphone to test out for this podcast. I plugged it in. Um, I really like it so far. Um, I would I told them that I would let them know what I think, uh, but I liked it enough to record this episode with it. So in a way, they also sponsored this podcast. Uh, so thank you, Five Fine. I really like the microphone so far, um, and it sounds pretty good. <laughs> Alright, uh, today's episode is, I'm doing a solo episode, I'm just going to talk about a couple things that I've uh, been uh, thinking about. I know I haven't been putting out podcasts as frequently, uh, but we are in the middle of a crazy wedding season. We're shooting multiple weddings every weekend. We've been super busy. Uh, we've been busy recording uh, vlogs for my son. Uh, he's always wanted to be on YouTube. He's on YouTube now, and we're pretty much recording uh, weekly videos, and we've been having a lot of fun with that. Um, also, he just started up school. I'm sure if you have children, you know this as well. Uh, our son just started school back up, so we're just trying to get uh, back into our routine, um, how we do things, and uh, getting everything going again. Um, but I'm excited. Uh, I have uh, more episodes lined up, some interviews lined up, um, and we're just going to get this rolling again. It's going to be a lot of fun. A couple things I want to talk to on today's episode. Um, something that um, I was uh, that got brought up um, a while a little while back. I had somebody reach out to me and ask me about their website. They asked me to take a look at it and uh, just take a look at it and tell them what I thought and maybe make some suggestions. So I thought I'd make an episode on it. Um, some things that you should be looking out. Uh, for your website. Now, as a photographer, I think it's important to decide, uh, you know, if you want to do different aspects of photography, if you want to do family photos, if you want to do editorial stuff, if you want to do product photography, like I think that's really, really great. But I also th uh, believe that you should be separating uh, those different categories of photography and uh, making each one of them uh, their own thing. So I know 
a lot of people when they first start out i did this myself when i got my very first website i was in everything photographer if you need a family photographer if you need someone for a print you know if you need um some real you know real estate photos like i can do it all and not to say that that's a bad thing i know some photographers do that now and i think it's great um but when we decided that we, uh, wedding photography was what uh, we wanted to do and concentrate on, you know, we decided to put all our focus on that. So everything that went into our Instagram was just wedding related and everything that went into our website was just wedding related. Uh, we do have a section for lifestyles, but for us, it, we we feel like it kind of goes hand in hand, right? The couple gets married, then uh, they might have children, and then that turns into family photos. And even though we have a lifestyle, uh, a lifestyle section in our website um, where we show off some of our family photos and stuff, uh, our main concentration is weddings. That's what you see when you go straight to our our website. Um, and and typically our clients uh, are at this point uh, only interested in our weddings. We we get about 90, 95% inquiries of wedding photography. In fact, we'll get messages and emails asking if we do any other type of photos because we put all our focus on, on wedding photography. And that's something that we wanted to, that, that was a goal that we wanted from the beginning. We wanted to be recognized as wedding photographers. So, um, you know, when I first started, again, I I had on my website all the different types of work that I did, and I think that was really great too because um, at 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 the beginning, uh, I wasn't even recognized as a photographer, right? I took up photography um, as like a hobby, and then when I saw that this was something that I kind of wanted to. Uh, to pursue, but I wasn't sure exactly which area. Um, I definitely wanted to be known by my friends and by my family and by people potentially looking for a photographer that I was a photographer. So um, I made sure my Instagram and all my other social medias were flooded with photography uh, related things, you know, photos and thing, everything that I talked about was photography. My Facebook, um, when I got my website, I had everything on there as well. But when I decided that uh, I really wanted to build a photography wedding business, um, that's when I put all my concentration on that. And I made a website solely dedicated to wedding photography. And my Instagram became solely dedicated to wedding photography. So again, I think that by separating it, you, you, uh, you gain a reputation of, of being a photographer in in that category another thing is I think that if somebody goes to your site and they're looking for a wedding photographer uh, they're looking for a wedding photographer but the first thing they see is real estate photos um, they have to search for that type of photography and vice versa if someone's looking for a real estate photographer and they go to your website and the first thing they see is wedding photography I mean we we all know that uh, first impressions are are a big thing so if somebody's looking for a wedding photographer, you want them to be able to click on your website and right away see that you're a wedding photographer. 
Um, that's not to say that you can't do everything else. If you, I, I would say that having a, let's say if you wanted to do real estate as well, you should make another website for real estate. And when people make that search online to find you, um, they're able to go to that website. And that's also the first thing they see. So when other photographers ask me about building their website, that's that's a suggestion that I've always made. Um, any suggestion that I ever make is based solely on uh, the things that we have done and the things that have worked for us. So again, that's not to say that having everything on your website is going to make you any better or worse. Um, I just know that for us, consistency is a big thing. And again, we've always wanted to be recognized as wedding photographers. And since we've put all our focus just on that, um, our friends and family for sure know that we shoot weddings and uh, our clients that reach out to us, they are now usually looking for a wedding photographer and they know that that's what we are when, when they find us. So another thing that is important for your website is uh, learning learning a little bit about SEO. If you don't know what SEO is, SEO stands for Search Engine Optimization. Um, everything that I've learned about SEO, uh, I've learned it on my own through research, through Google, through uh, other photographers and other uh, business-minded people talking uh, and giving me some insight on SEO. And basically what I've learned is that when a potential client is looking for a photographer and they Google, you know, a photographer, they Google wedding photography in the nearest, uh, near their area, um, ideally you would want them to find you. You want to be in the top search zone when, whenever they type in, you know, Google wedding photographer in my area, you would want to come up. Um, so the more you can learn and do things to, to push your SEO, uh, the higher chance that you have to, for that to happen. Um, so some of the things that we do is, uh, in our blogs, our blogs, we're, we're big about putting blogs out and our blogs are not just, uh, photos from the wedding. Um, but, uh, we also write about the wedding itself. And I know that can be a challenge because not all of us are natural writers. I definitely am not, um, but I know that it's important for our website and for potential clients uh, in finding our website and finding us. Um, so we definitely take advantage of that space in our website to write something really nice about the wedding. Uh, some of the things I do now is uh, during my consultations with my clients, uh, during our engagement sessions and during the wedding, uh, I try to take notes about little things they, they say about each other, uh, little stories about how they met, um, how they proposed, uh, because these are all things that I can use later to talk about in, in the blog. Um, I don't write very long uh, blog sections, but I like again, like I said, I try to take advantage of that space uh, for um, for other clients to find us on you know on a google search or something like that um so in our blog when we when we so when we write a blog out for one of our weddings we do a couple things uh we definitely use their names not that we expect other clients to have 
the same names or anything like that, but we use their names. We use the names of the city or cities that uh, the event took place. Uh, we use the name of the venues. And uh, we use the names of the vendors that uh, were also included in, in that particular wedding. And uh, not only do I find a way to include all these things in the blog itself, I also try to create links out of most of these things. So, so besides using the names of our clients, you know, for the purpose of them having their own blog at our website that they can look back and see something that we wrote about them, um, we also uh, use the names of the city to make a link for the city itself or, or if... Uh, or if, when we named the venue that the wedding took place at, we also highlight that and make that a link. So when people search for that venue, there's that possibility of our, our blog posts showing up in their search results. Uh, when they go to images, there's also the chance of, of our photos showing up in their search results. Uh, same goes for, for uh, vendors. You know, we really like to credit our, our vendors. You know, we're there. We, we try to we, we definitely believe in the helping each other out model. Uh, so when when we photograph a wedding, we introduce ourselves to other vendors. Sometimes we talk to them ahead of time and we always try to create a folder for them uh, with photos from the wedding for them to use for for themselves, which is a whole nother topic that I think I might have touched on before. But, um, you know, we can talk about that another time. Um, but in our blogs, we also write about those vendors because um, that's another opportunity for a potential client to find us. You know, they might be looking for a specific vendor. And if they know a specific vendor or that their vendor pops up in their search results, there's another chance that our photos will also pop up. And that's another chance that we get uh, to gain another potential client. So vendors, cities, venues names um we uh, we also we're also big on tags so we try to do keywords with uh brand names for like the shoes the dress uh the suits uh, basically anything you can think of uh, we try to include it all because uh as far as i've learned um those are all an opportunity for someone to find our blog and our website I often ask my clients how they found us. Uh, most of them are referral based, uh, but the ones that aren't, they, they've all kind of told us the same thing. They did a, a Google search and they found us. You know, one of the ones that found us was um, we had done a proposal in Joshua Tree and um, this couple also wanted to do a proposal in Joshua Tree. So they literally typed Joshua Tree proposal and that was the headline of our blog for that specific blog. And we were like the second or third search result and they found us right away. Uh, same thing. Um, same thing. We tagged like the city, we tagged the cities that, that we shoot in, uh, the cities that we live in. Um, one of the cities that, that we had tagged was Rancho Cucamonga, uh, and photography. And that was one of our blogs. We shot a wedding in Rancho Cucamonga and same thing. Another couple found us because they looked up Rancho Cucamonga wedding photographers. And at some point we use uh, a lot of that same wording and we were in their top search results. So as far as I can see, it works. 
So as long as we see that, as long as we see that, we're going to keep doing it. So again, these are just uh, suggestions for you. You guys can try some of this stuff out and let me know how it works for you, what doesn't work. If you guys know more about this, uh, I'd also love to hear from you uh, and learn more. Um, another thing for your website that is really big is giving uh, your potential clients a glimpse of you and who you are. They want to see what you look like. They want to know what you're into. They want to know what you stand for. Um, you know, that stuff's important. Making making a first impression, just like when you meet somebody, is is really important. You you know, we've, we've talked about this before. Um, clients want to find a photographer, not only that is a great photographer and their pictures are good, but someone that relates to them and as photographers, we also hope for the same thing. We want to have clients that we relate to that fit in our demographic, if you have a specific demographic. And on your website, you can give them a glimpse of yourself uh, for that specific reason, to find clients that um, are relatable to you and are into the things that you are and want to photograph in the way that you have, in a way in a way that you have to offer them and uh, and they're able to find a photographer that really kind of relates to to their personalities and the things that they're into as well the the other suggestion that i would make for your website is to post often and this definitely becomes a challenging thing we try to post blogs as often as possible um, that can be very difficult because we're busy shooting weddings. We're busy, you know, with our, our regular life stuff. We're busy editing photos and, uh, finding time to do some of these things can be challenging, but it's also important to be putting stuff out consistently, um, out on social media, out on your website, your blogs, um, because people want to see the work that you've done recently or anything that you've put out recently. And that kind of shows that you're a consistent photographer. You're always working. And, you know, I think that um, clients find that attractive as well. They know that that's what you do as a business and they'll have an easier uh, finding that trust in you to photograph their, their big day as well. If you guys have any questions about uh, your website, um, things you should add, anything that I talked about, and you want to reach out to me, I'd love, you know, I'd love to talk to you. If, uh, I'd love to talk to you more about it. All right, I got a couple other topics that I do want to talk about. Uh, I saw this recently on a Facebook post. Um, someone asked about selling your raw images, and uh, I think they asked, uh, uh, "Do you sell your raw images, and how much do you sell them for?" Um, I know there are photographers that, you know, sell their images or there's some that believe, you know what, uh, money's money, uh, just put a price tag on it and let it go. Uh, and others are just straight, no, you shouldn't sell your raw images. I lean more towards the latter. Um, I believe that, you know, in our case, if you've ever taken a look at our work, we have a specific style, um, you know, that we have a specific style that is part of our brand and that is what we're selling uh, when it comes to our wedding photography when when our clients come to us they know exactly what they're gonna get they're gonna get this look they're gonna get the del Toro photo style the del Toro photo look and um, I think um, and I think 
by us giving up the raw images, we give the opportunity for them to take those images, uh, do something else with them, edit them however they want, and uh, potentially give us credit for that. And if anybody else sees that, that's just not who we are. So, you know, for us, it's never been about the money, you know. Uh, wedding photography is a great business to be in. Um, you definitely could make really good money, uh, but that's never been our goal. Our goal has always been doing weddings because we absolutely love photographing weddings. Uh, we love photographing couples in love, and we want to continue to do that. But we also want to give them the best possible product and the best possible experience. And that's our experience, right? That's the experience that they get from hiring us and that goes with our photos as well when they hire us they're hiring us for uh, our personalities what we have to offer and our style and brand of photography so we never give them an opportunity to to take the raw images because that's just not who we are um, so that we've always stood by that um, we've had uh, clients ask us for raw images in the past, um, but again, that's just not uh, who we are. We have had clients um, edit our images after we've given it to them. You know, we have a specific look, we have a specific style, we edit our photos, and we turn that into our clients. And we have had clients um, edit even those photos after the fact with like an Instagram filter or something like that. And to be honest, um, it kind of sucks. But after we've turned in their images and turned in their their album and everything and the, the contract has been completed and everything is said and done, um, even though they have limited copyrights to those photos so they can go make as many prints as they want, um, we we really don't go after anybody that changes our edits you know the, again they i know that they could have uh, they could potentially credit us for a photo that they put an edit over at that point we've already gone and given them everything that they paid for and that they wanted and if somebody edits one of our photos and puts it up and credits us as their uh photographer um, it hasn't happened a whole lot, so we don't really say anything. It's just kind of like, oh, man, I can't believe they put like a different edit over a edited photo that's already edited. Um, but, you know, if any of those uh, if any of their friends or family were ever to find us and go to our website, you know, they would still see our specific style and that would be their opportunity for um, for them to decide if we're the right fit for them. So, yeah, that's something that we just don't do anything about. At that point, the contract has already been completed and we don't feel that they would do enough damage to uh, ruin any kind of reputation that we have for our photography or anything. So yeah, I just wanted to touch on that subject a little bit. Um, we definitely shoot in RAW. Um, I won't get into the RAW and JPEG debate, but you know, I definitely think you should be shooting in RAW because you're getting the most amount of data uh, into your images uh, for editing afterwards. Uh, Nikon and Canon finally released their new mirrorless cameras, the Nikon Z7 and the Canon EOS 
R. As expected, uh, it was pretty disappointing. Uh, these cameras, they're not bad cameras. I mean, um, they have a lot of potential. Uh, they have a lot of new features and um, some cool new things about them. Both of them have a brand. Uh, both of them have an updated uh, new mount system. Uh, so that means if you buy one of these new mirrorless cameras you're going to have to purchase a new set of lenses just for this camera but they are also selling an adapter so that if you have any of your current lenses for your Nikon or Canon systems you will be able to use it uh, with these cameras um, the Canon has some pretty cool features they they have a couple different adapters that they're offering they're having they have one adapter that you just um, you can throw on and put any of your old lenses and use it um, just like you would uh, uh, with your own camera they have another adapter that has a, an adjustable ring so you can set it to change your aperture or your shutter speed which could be helpful on the you know especially for weddings on the day of if you're trying to do stuff on the fly um, while you're running around and taking photos that could be very helpful and the other cool thing that I did like about Canon's adapter, they have a, a, a third adapter that they're offering that has an insert to insert a filter. So you can insert an ND filter, a variable ND filter. Uh, and what I like about that is you don't, you no longer have to purchase different size ND filters for your specific lenses. You can just have the one variable ND filter, put it into your adapter and make the changes to any lens that you attach to that adapter. So I thought that was pretty neat. Uh, Nikon also offers an adapter. Same thing. You have to get uh, lenses for that specific camera. Um, they offer an adapter for your current uh, lenses that you have uh, but no cool feature on the adapter as far as I saw I know the new the new mount for for the Canon is supposed to provide some potential uh, better optics in the lenses and the capabilities of the cameras um, so I guess that could be cool in the longer run both cameras offer a touch screen that uh, comes out um, on the Nikon, you can bring the, the screen out, but it only comes out and swivels up and down. Whereas the, the Canon has a screen that, that comes out, swivels out. You can turn it upside down. You can bring it all the way out and face it towards you. So if you're using it for vlogging, you can potentially, uh, turn the screen to face you. So you can see exactly what you're looking at or what the camera's looking at while it's facing you. The, the Nikon did not feature that. Um, I don't know why they did not feature that. Um, a lot of people are asking for that specific feature. Um, I know the, the Sony a7 III is killing it. I say that because I love the Sony a7 III, uh, but um, it does not have that feature and that's kind of a buzzkill. But the, can the new Canon Neos R does have that feature, so that's kind of cool. Uh, the Canon also has a new button. They got rid of, or not button, a sensor. They got rid of the joystick and instead put a little bar that is touch sensitive and you can press on it too so you can set it for different settings you know you can set the push on it for one setting you can just slide your finger across it and and make that you know your aperture setting or your shutter speed setting um, so that sound that 
just looking at it, that looks like a, a, a feature that that looks like a pretty cool feature that that could come in handy. Uh, the real disappointing part about these two cameras, as far as wedding photography goes, is both cameras were released with only one uh, one memory card slot insert. And um, most most wedding photographers will tell you, definitely be shooting uh, dual card systems. I mean, you want to back up. We all know we're shooting weddings. Uh, this is a very important day. The last thing we want is our memory cards being corrupted and us losing images from a day that just can't be recreated. Uh, so uh, I currently shoot with the 5D3 systems. Um, it has a, both a compact flash and an SD card insert. I shoot with both cards at the same time simultaneously. So if one car were if one card were ever to get corrupted or lose any images, I know I have that backup system. And with both these cameras, uh, uh, it was just both of the cameras were released with just one memory card insert. And honestly, that's enough for me to just not care about these two cameras anymore. Uh, they got a ton of great features on them. They have uh, potential to be great cameras. Uh, but just because of that feature alone, I, it, seriously, I'm just like not interested in it anymore. Um, I, I wish they had the two card inserts. And the Nikon camera uses... Uh, the memory card slot is for an XQD uh, memory card, which I believe is is a newer memory card. Um, I haven't read too much into it. Um, pretty, I mean, really just out of laziness. I don't use XQD. I use SD cards. I use the latest SD cards uh, and, and compact flash. So, um, uh, but yeah, the fact that you have to, uh, also invest in these XQD memory cards. So if you're a wedding photographer, I mean, I'm sure you already got a ton of gear and now you have to invest in this system and buy all brand new lenses or buy an adapter uh, so you can use your own lenses. And now you also have to buy uh, new memory cards. Memory cards are not cheap and uh, wedding photographers, we need tons of them. Uh, we shoot photo and video, and altogether, I probably have easily over 15 memory cards. That that also kind of sucks. And on the Canon, they're still using just regular SD cards. So if you already have a bunch of uh, SD cards, I use uh, the Extreme Pro Sandus uh, USHS one iu3 or something i don't know something like that but i already got a ton of cards uh, so i know if i bought this specific mirrorless uh, camera the new candidate eos r uh, i would be good to go on as far as memory cards went uh, but still neither of them offer a dual card slot um, the the pro grade version of the new full frame Canon mirrorless system has not been announced yet. So um, they might make up for some of that by adding a dual card uh, slot. But really, I don't see why they wouldn't have um, added this to these cameras already. Uh, this is something that photographers ask for. Whether it's pro or amateur, it doesn't matter. I strongly believe in the dual card slot system. Uh, we want to back up those photos. We don't want to lose anything. We want to have that uh, that backup system to protect us. Um, and, and I think it's really important for us. So um, Nikon just kind of fell short. Canon, you know, honestly, the camera looks kind of cool. 
but again no dual card slot so that's a no-go for me um we like i said we currently shoot on the 5d3 systems as far as video goes we've already switched over to the sony system we're already shooting full sony for our video we're about to make the purchase on the new Sony a7 III. And so I've been renting it out just to make sure that that's the camera we want. As far as video goes, I've been shooting the last couple wedding films with it. And it is a fantastic camera. I love... Uh, I love the dynamic range it offers. I love the, the in-camera stabilization. Another thing that neither of the Nikon and Canon systems uh, gave us. Um, and I just love that it's uh, smaller. It, it packs um, a lot of stuff in that camera. And it's a fair price for just under $2,000. The new Nikon Z7 is going to cost about $3,400. And they also have a, uh, a smaller version, the Z6, that's going to cost about $2,600. Or no, just under $2,000 as well. Um, and then Canon, the Canon EOS R uh, is going to be uh, set at $2,300. Just under $2,300 for the body. Um, and again, the Sony a7 III costs just under $2,000. So, uh, in my opinion, the uh, Sony's still kicking butt. Um, they offer, in my opinion, the better camera, especially for the price and um, for and for that range of cameras. Um, we'll see what uh, what Canon brings with their pro grade, but they already fell short here. Nikon already fell short here. And uh, right after these two cameras uh, were released, uh, also Fuji made their, Fuji made their announcement for the new Fuji X-T3. Um, I haven't looked at all of the specs yet, but right away, dual card slots. You can shoot with two memory cards on that camera. Uh, and that is already a huge, you know, uh, upsell for me. I already, I already like uh, the Fuji X-T2 system. Uh, I know a lot of photographers that have been switching over to the Fuji system. They really love uh, the Fuji system. I've already played around with the X-T2 and I think it's a really great camera as well. Um, so yeah, Sony, Fuji, I think they're still ahead of the game as far as uh, these, these um, as far as the mirrorless game goes. But again, I was waiting for these two cameras to come out before we pulled the plug on the a7 III and uh, they didn't change my mind. I'm gonna stick with the Sony a7 III. Uh, we've been renting it out uh, to make sure that that's the camera we want. Uh, we've also been testing it for wedding photography. Uh, we're thinking about switching over to the Sony system. I've talked about it on here a couple times. I've, uh, I talked to Eric, uh, my friend Eric McFarlane. I talked to him about it all the time. He's thinking about switching over. And, uh, you know, Sony's just progressing. They have a lot to offer. Their lenses are great. Um, I love the G Master series. Uh, and then... Um, we're also going to be able to use the, the Sigma art series, which I'm a huge fan of the Sigma art series, uh, lens series. Um, and you're going to be able to use those with the Sony. So, um, I'm pretty sure that that's what we're going to stick with.
So those are some big announcements that were made. Uh, the Canon announcement would, was made this week. Fuji came out this week as well. Uh, the Nikon came out like two weeks ago. Um, but I wanted to touch on those cameras if you're thinking about getting them. Uh, it's not to say that the Nikon system, the Canon system are, are bad cameras. I think they are also great cameras uh, just as far as wedding photography goes. You know, those dual card slots are really important. Um, if that's something that just doesn't matter to you, then uh, those could be really great cameras. I know that the image quality is going to be great. I know that people are going to produce some amazing things with those cameras. So um, it, it's not to say that they're not great cameras, but they're just not what uh, I'm looking for. And um, in the community, it sounds like a lot of photo wedding photographers are pretty disappointed in these two cameras. But yeah, those are some of the things I wanted to touch on today. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I just went on a, I just wanted to go on a couple rants. I wanted to get back on here and get the ball rolling. I wanted to uh, get some more episodes out to you guys. I've got some guests coming on the podcast next week. I'm really excited to talk to them. Um, I'll wait to announce them next week. Um, and then I've got some more lined up. So uh, I'm hoping to get some more episodes a little bit more consistently. So if you guys are still here, still listening, you know, I really appreciate you. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting the podcast. And if you guys have any questions uh, that you guys want answered on the podcast, if you guys want to talk wedding photo with me, um, feel free to reach out. You can reach out to me on Instagram at wedding photo podcast. You can find me on Twitter um, at Del Toro photo. So anyways, thanks again, guys, for listening to another episode. Uh, again, this episode was sponsored by IE Photo Rentals. Go check them out. Uh, they got a lot of great gear. They got all the latest gear. Um, and uh, they will give you 10% off of your next rental if you rent with them and mention this podcast. And thank you again to Fine Technology for this microphone. I love it. I'm going to keep using it. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys on the next one.